90.7 WTCC. Good morning. Bishop Swan in the house. 413-736-2781. Listen, I got, let me see who all I got in here. I got all kinds of folk up in here today. I got um, Chicago, Illinois. I got Detroit, Michigan. I got Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Raleigh, North Kakalaki in here. I got Halifax, Nova Scotia up in the house. I got Bourne, Texas, Greenville, South Carolina in here. Oh, man, I got Norwalk, California in the house, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, Michigan, Georgia, New York, Mobile, Alabama. They're all up in here, y'all. 413-736-2781. Now, listen. <clears throat> now, what I said last week, that got people. Well, let me take a sidebar. Take a sidebar. Sidebar. Side. Quick sidebar. Um, um, Colin Kaepernick was right um, to have done what he did. The heck with Stephen A. Smith. The NFL tried to have um, um, a waiver so that if after the workout no teams picked Kaepernick up. He was. He would agree uh, that he would take no other legal action against the league. They were not allowing the media in, et cetera. It was not a transparent process. He wanted it transparent. He moved it to a high school. Only eight teams showed up. Um, it's in the NFL's court. I don't blame him for wanting to control the narrative. Some got mad because he wore a shirt that said Kunta Kente. Um, Stephen A. Smith tried to say he was invoking slavery. No, he was invoking freedom. Because if you remember, when they tried to break Kunta, uh, they wanted him to say his name was Toby. All right? And for a while, he wouldn't be broken. They would whip him, beat him. He would say, my name is Kunta. And when he was finally broken, he said, my name is Toby. What Colin is saying is the NFL is not going to break him. And he's not going to do things on their term. He's not going to be Toby. You know, Toby be good nigga for Massa. Y'all remember that, those of you who watch Roots. Uh, so I'm still with Cap. All right, I just needed to do that sidebar. Uh, now, listen. So I said last week that white evangelicalism is white supremacy masked as uh, Christianity. Um, that went viral. Um, a lot of folk got mad, got all up in their feelings about it, um, was writing articles about it, all that kind of stuff. Um, so this Dr. Michael Brown wrote this article. I clapped back at him. You know, that, you know, that's what I do. You know, I, see, see, here's the problem. They want us to be passive, docile, quiet, submissive. 
and so when we have the audacity um, to speak up, it throws them for a loop. Um, so they were all upset. They said I was being divisive because I decided to respond or clap back at this white supremacist evangelical who decided he was going to write an article about me. Now, I don't know what you thought was going to happen. Um, you know, y'all ain't just met me yesterday. And when have you ever known me to be passive and docile and quiet? Uh, so he had to know, um, he was going to get the smackdown when he, when he, when he decided he was going to write it and then put it out there in the public sphere. He had to know that I wasn't going to just sit by and, you know, grit my teeth and, and let him talk out the side of his neck, uh, and not check him on uh, his erroneous take on white supremacy and its connection to white evangelicalism. We're not just going to erase 400 years of history in America and pretend um, that white evangelicals and white Christianity in general has no ties to white supremacy. And and so there's really, you know, there's no need uh, to wring our hands in wonder at the strong support um, uh, that um, uh, that evangelicals have for 46 minus one. Um, you know, he of the three wives and multiple affairs and sex with porn stars and prostitutes and the tendency to engage in exceedingly unchristian-like behavior at the slightest provocation. We shouldn't wonder why he receives such high support from the white evangelical community. Um, you know, they voted for him. 81% of them voted for him in 2016, and we're probably going to have similar numbers come 2020 if he's still in office or, or still running, you know, um, for president. Um, it, it, there's no need for us to focus. I mean, we focus on the disconnect between Trump's personal actions, his policies, um, his immorality, and the moral aspects of their faith to point out their hypocrisy. Um, um, but doing that, we sometimes miss the the issue that keeps their support firm. And it's racism, period. Point blank. Uh, You know, modern evangelical support for this president cannot be separated from the history of evangelicals participation uh, in and support for the racist structures in America. You can't separate the two. Um, It it is what it is. You know, it it was American Christianity, white and what I call a whitenized Christianity that brought us to this point in history. Um, and this whitenized Christianity or slaveholder religion um, preached nationalism. It, it sanctified American imperialism. It promoted uh, so-called manifest destiny that was ordained by God for white folks to be great. Uh, it pushed the prosperity gospel, it it baptized capitalistic greed, it vilified the poor, um, 
and white evangelical theologians manipulated scripture to rationalize global colonialism. They, they used it to rationalize slavery, Jim Crow, the mistreatment of black people by using the Bible to say that blacks were cursed by God and therefore inferior. And it was their God ordained lot in life to be subservient to white folks. This has been their theology. You know, um, salvation was no longer personified through Jesus, but it was redesigned to be a political machine that is fueled by its ability to control branches of government. Uh, It's a methodology uh, that was packaged as Christianity. And so they flipped the gospel into a message of gaining social power and control rather than a call to follow Jesus' life of selfless service and sacrifice. You know, uh, last year, uh, John MacArthur um, uh, and others authored a manifesto uh, that said that social justice was antithetical to Christian belief and practice, that it that, that a social justice gospel is... Uh, uh, completely heretical. Um, you know, it it is contradictory to the message of Christ. And so if we just preach the message of Christ, um, then, you know, um, social justice will just somehow automatically uh, manifest itself. And, and, and when they, when they promulgated um, that manifesto, Listen, over 10,000 white evangelical pastors signed it. You heard me right. 10,000 white evangelical pastors signed it. Okay? Signed something that said that social justice is antithetical to Christianity. Now, if I read scripture right, and, I, you know, I'm, I consider myself a theologian. I, you know, I'm not a novice at this. You know, I, 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 have, a, I have a master's in theology uh, from Hartford Seminary. I have a master's of divinity in urban ministry um, from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. I've completed all of the coursework for my doctorate in ministry. I, I know a little something about scripture. Um, and when Jesus went into the wilderness and was tempted by Satan, and when he came out of that wilderness experience, after he had been baptized, after he had been tempted in the wilderness, he went down to the synagogue, picked up the book, and this is what Jesus said, his first public declaration of Scripture. Jesus said in Luke 4 and 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The first demographic he talked about in his public ministry was the poor. But white evangelicals have disdain for the poor. They neglect the poor. But Jesus said the first demographic he's been called to is the poor. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal 
the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, those that are imprisoned. Jesus was sent to those that are imprisoned, and he's preaching in a context where Rome um, has colonized Israel, and there are many of his fellow uh, brothers and sisters who have been unjustly imprisoned. So Jesus said, I've been sent to those who are unjustly imprisoned. I've been sent to the poor, to the brokenhearted, and recovering of sight to the blind. I've been sent to the sick and to set at liberty those that are bruised or those that are oppressed. Now think about it in Jesus's first public declaration of scripture, his first sermon, he says, I've been sent to the poor, those that are in prison, those that are sick, those that are brokenhearted, depressed, and those that are oppressed. And Jesus walked the next three and a half years in fulfillment of that declaration that I've been sent to the sick, the poor, the imprisoned, the brokenhearted, and the oppressed. That, that, that's the crux of Jesus's ministry. And how do you then sign a manifesto? Jesus stepped out and his first sermon was a liberation message. It was all about social justice. What did the psalmist said? What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, seek mercy, and walk humbly with your God. So y'all just going to cut that out of Scripture and pretend it's not there? White evangelicals talk about homosexuality all the time. You'll only find four references in the Bible to it. They'll talk about abortion all the time. You only find one reference in the Bible to abortion, but they signed a manifesto to throw away social justice. But the Bible talks about justice in 2,200 different scriptures. Now, y'all do the math. Help me. Maybe I'm just ignorant or something. But help me do the math. Now, if the whole Bible talks about homosexuality four times, talks about abortion one time, but talks about justice 2,200 different times. How is it that you're going to throw away justice and say it's antithetical and spend all your time majoring in what the Bible minored in and throwing away what the Bible majored in? Help me understand that. 413-736-2781. Now, now, I'm in the Bible. I'm in Scripture. I want to see white evangelicals refute that. How do you rationalize that? How do you rationalize we're not going to deal with the issue of justice, but but the Bible talks about it uh, more times than it talks about everything else y'all preach about combined? Help me understand that. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not a white evangelical. However, I have a theory, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a theologian. I'm a Christian, and I believe in social justice 
just as you said, that's what Jesus practiced. That's what he went around the country um, practicing. So my theory is that the Antichrist is in this administration. If it's not 45 himself, there's somebody around him that is setting themselves up to be the Antichrist, to combat, to go against everything that Jesus practiced and preached. That's just my theory. Thank you, Bishop. All right. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. Anybody else got any theories out there? Help me understand now. If if you agree with that social justice should not be preached, let me know why. Because you're going to have a hard time rationalizing that with me. You know, when when the Bible, Old and New Testament, is chock full of references to justice. Help me understand that, please, somebody. You know, this is the state of our so-called Christian nation. All right. You know, our government isn't working. uh, And when it does, it's on behalf of large corporations, influential lobbyists and the the wealthy. Um, Elected officials are openly racist, sexist, xenophobic, without consequence. Uh, Police continue to kill black people. Jails have become modernized as a form of slavery. Uh, As Michelle Alexander said, it's the new Jim Crow. Uh, The military is mired in endless violence throughout the world, participating in wars far beyond the interests uh, of the U.S. citizenry. uh, And defense contractors are reaping billions of dollars in profits uh, behind it. Teachers are underpaid. Schools are underfunded. Students, uh, you know, um, are, are left behind. But this guy in the White House wants to spend billions on a wall. He promised his constituents that they would never have to pay for. And despite mass shootings that have killed innocent lives, mostly by white supremacists, politicians have represented corporate interests of the gun lobby at the expense of public safety. And though white American males are the predominant facilitators of this violence, of these heinous crimes, partisan rhetoric, in spite of the data, in spite of factual research, in spite of the truth, they insist that it's not white males that are the problem. It's immigrants, black and brown immigrants. It's refugees. It's these foreigners that are the real culprits, even though it's white males that are wreaking havoc on America. Um, The American church, white church in particular, has fallen into the same failings as the Pharisees of old. They are obsessed with their scripture, but they completely ignore the loving God it was intended to direct them to. Instead of focusing on Jesus, the Jesus that preached that he was sent to the poor, the brokenhearted, the sick, the imprisoned, and the oppressed, their religion has propped itself up 
as its own deity. Ruling, controlling, judging according to a loveless and legalistic doctrine of white supremacy. I mean, they want to protect and maintain this self-serving religion, this populist propaganda um, um, related to abortion, gun control, uh, patriotism, um, um, and their economic mobility. Um, they, they, they want to manipulate Christians away from the Jesus of the Bible and his message of love toward one another to this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white Republican Jesus that hates blacks and brown people and Mexicans and Muslims and immigrants and refugees and all of that. This, this is what their religion is all about. And it's not new because the origins of white Christianity in America are stained with genocide of Native Americans, with the enslavement of Africans and their black descendants. White Christendom's legacy is one of moral failure, intentional evil that has consistently been on the wrong side of history. But when someone like me comes to bring all that out, and show the history, uh, both past and present, um, they refuse to acknowledge. They don't want to acknowledge the past. They don't want to acknowledge contemporary white evangelicalism. Um, they don't want to educate their current parishioners. The white church has tried to minimize its role. When you talk about slavery, they say, well, there were Africans that were involved in slavery, as if that somehow you know, absolves them of their role in it. And with very few exceptions, you know, um, they try to build themselves up a self-immunity to guilt, to awareness, to dialogue. They don't even want to talk about it. They want to shut you down immediately, call you a race baiter. That's, that's what the Michael Brown did, uh, Dr. Michael Brown. That's what immediately when you speak the truth about white supremacy, uh, racism, anti-black bigotry, um, and the role white evangelicals have played and continue to play in that, uh, they immediately try to shut you down by labeling you as a race baiter, a race hustler. What is a race hustler? Oh, you're making money off of this. Where, where's my check? Where's my check? Because I haven't got one yet. You know, um, they, they don't want you to confront their past or their present failings. And so they they want to dismiss all of this as radical liberalism. That's just the left. You know, this is progressive partisan rhetoric, you know, just cynical complaining. But you know what? The pain and the trauma caused by all of this can't be overstated yet white american christianity relies on apathy 
they 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 have a habit of avoidance. We're gonna be apathetic. We're gonna avoid any real conversation. And then it delves down into just outright denial. All in order to preserve their own self righteousness. So when their privileged status quo um was threatened in 2008 with the election of a black president, we had the rise of a new civil rights movement and the empowerment of traditionally marginalized segments of society with the um, coming on of the Black Lives Matter movement, etc. And so a massive culture war pitted weakening religious factions against populations they could no longer control. So politically, many white Christians rallied around a man who personifies the American idol of nationalism. They rallied around 46 minus one who personified populism and greed. And they enthusiastically preferred the rallying cry of make America great again over the wisdom of a black Jesus that said, love your neighbor as yourself, including uh, those black and brown migrants and refugees. So when black folks and non-whites and immigrants and refugees and so-called foreigners and Muslims and others faced social injustices, the reality is the white church not only was largely absent from defending them, but it was complicit in their persecution. Instead, secular institutions and organizations fought for equal rights and empowerment. They fought for doing unto others what the church wouldn't fight for. White church was busy maintaining their economic, political, and social majority of white Christian nationalism, moral arguments, and so-called biblical truth that were once used to bash previous political opponents no longer applied. You remember, they used moral arguments to bash Bill Clinton and others. But all of a sudden, all those moral arguments went out the window with Trump, the dude with five kids by three baby mamas, the dude who sleeps with prostitutes and porn stars. All their family value stuff went out the window in support of this guy because his white supremacist agenda more important to them than the morality that they claimed was the linchpin of their religion. So truth is now relative and God is used as a religious construct to push their partisan agenda. Um, that's the real deal. 
you know, um, that's what they did. That's what they continue to do. Uh, and the crisis we're currently facing was directly created by and for the benefit of the white American church. It has lost its right to pander moral cliches. It's lost its right to offer spiritual platitudes to problems that it produced. It's lost its right to do any of that. You can't talk to me about black genocide, about black babies being aborted when you don't give a hamburger about black babies being poisoned in Flint, black babies being murdered by police, black babies having resources taken away from them by uh, conservative politicians, uh, black babies um, that are dying prematurely, and then you want to talk to me about aborted black babies. You don't have the moral standing to say a word about that. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. just want to weigh in on uh, the topic you're talking about this morning. And just on the last words you're just saying, they're, they're not concerned about any black babies. They, they just want to go on that line of basically genocide or just, you know, shooting by black people, mostly black people. Black brown people fit into our category. But right now I say, you know, when we're going through people that's sitting around number 45, why would anyone think that they would be being quiet uh, with all of this stuff that's going on and all of the proof that they have right in their face right now, that this guy cares nothing about the United States or nothing about government. Uh, and I don't see how a person could, could be uh, someone that's strongly uh, one of the advocates of the United States of America and just sit there and do nothing, you know, play with themselves or whatever they do. And on the other side of it, my question is, and if we can ask that to why do... White people hate black people. That's the question that they need to think about right now, okay? Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. If you want to chime in, give me your two cents on the topic. I'll take your calls until show close. Once again, 413-736-2781. We've got to confront this broken system of colonial Christianity, whitenized religion. Violent, abusive, racist, xenophobic, sexist, ignorant, corrupt, and legalistic religion that looks nothing like Christ or what he taught. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, I'm late to your conversation. I only heard the last 10, 15 minutes. I think it's important to distinguish between conservative Christianity and liberal Christianity. Uh, liberal churches, particularly the Episcopal Church, Congregationist Church, uh, and several others, have been very much against racism and bias of any kind. And it's important for the public not to uh, confuse the two political agendas of, of the two different churches. Bye. All right. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. And in the face of injustice... Jesus became furious. Read your Bible. You know, when folks talk about, oh, Bishop, you're supposed to be preaching love. You're being divisive. Jesus got so mad, 
He flipped over tables, okay? He flipped over tables. He drove out the money changers. He condemned the spiritual leaders of his day. I'm that type of Christian. I'm the Nat Turner type of Christian. You don't get the passive, docile black man with me. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. And I see peace. What's happening? All right. Uh, we're talking about Christianity versus uh, Christianity. And who is Margaret Singleton? Since, you know, evangelicals want to talk against Margaret Singleton. I'm not a liberal or a, a, a Republican, but uh, who is Margaret Singleton? Uh, another supremacist who um, worked with Bill Gates and a lot of other people on original people genocide and George Bush and a lot of these other different people, him, um, his grandfather financed Hitler and different things of that nature. Why do the evangelicals and different people not talk about them? Right, exactly. And and many of them were, uh, their families are complicit uh, in slavery, um, segregation, um, sharecropping, well, I mean, and all of that. With all of that, if you, if you got a country that is, well, I, I'm, I'm totally against killing babies myself, call it, give it a dressed up name, call it an abortion. But if you got a society like that. Well, you know. Abortion comes in many different forms. They talk about aborting babies from the womb, uh, but they don't care when the life of a black child is aborted prematurely. When a Tamir Rice is murdered by a police officer, that's another form of abortion that you can't get white evangelicals to stand up and say anything about. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, good morning, Bishop. I've been thinking quite a bit about Christianity and the spinoffs from the Roman Catholic Church, the Greek Orthodox Church. Islam, etc. I don't think it was ever sanctioned by the uh, creators of this universe and of this planet. I don't think it worked. I think the words free will in the Old Testament mean a lot. That's building character. Either we fall or we get up and do well or we kill each other off. It's up to us. We're on our own. They gave us everything we needed to live. We've known between the difference between right and wrong at the age of five. I don't think it was sanctioned. But um, what else can I say? The devil. He's abducted the children of the greatest gods of all. That's why they could never help us. I'm getting nervous talking on the phone. I don't know how you do it. But uh, have a great uh, week, sir. All right. Thank you for your call. Well, listen, we'll continue uh, next week. Um, This is too loaded of a conversation. Uh, for us to be able to finish in one setting. I'll take one final call. You're the last caller of the day. You're on the air. Yeah, my, we got cut off. But uh, it, I was saying uh, about the police shootings and things and that nature, if babies can't live, if they can't even be born, it shouldn't it, it wouldn't be strange that a, a pig would take value in their life. The people that's supposed to be the ones to protect and serve. If justice is is gone from the very foundation of this doggone country, 
Justice is supposed to be blind, but we know it's not blind. Justice sees who's white, who's black, who's brown. Uh, definitely. American, uh, uh, American justice sees very clearly. I got to get out your way. Uh, Mrs. Cynthia Butler is in the studio. She's coming up next with mid-morning jazz, great black music. Don't touch that dial. Stay right here locked at 90.7 WTCC. Look, if you're looking for a place to worship, check us out at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ, 35 Alden Street. The big brick church right there at Six Corners. Sunday morning, uh, we have prayer at 7 a.m., Sunday school, 9.30 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., and Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. You're welcome to check us out at the spring. Until the next time I talk to you and you talk to me, always remember, God loves you, and so do I. Eric say his name. Eric Garner, won't you say his name? Trayvon Martin, say his name. Michael Brown, say his name, Michael Brown.